The Oklahoma Sooners got Mr. Carter. We'll talk about his recruitment, his commitment, what he looks like on the field, where Oklahoma stands in the team recruiting rankings, and they got another big-time commitment on the diamond for softball as well. We'll talk about Haley Lee from Texas A&M on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Sooner Nation. Welcome to Locked On Sooners. I'd like to thank LinkedIn for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you for joining us. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire. And also here with me is Josh Helmer from 94.7 The Ref in Norman. You can hear him from 9 to noon, Monday through Friday over there. You can also follow him on Twitter at JoshOnRef. And you can read his, Hawkeye, his Iowa Hawkeyes work over at the Hawkeyes Wire where he is the managing editor. Josh, how was your weekend, man? It was great. Great weekend. Another commit for the Sooners. And we can officially say we got a top 10 class, John, for Oklahoma, thanks to Mr. Carter. Yes, Mr. Lewis Carter, four-star player, uh, coming to the Oklahoma Sooners. He's considered an athlete, but he's someone who's going to be in the um, linebacker core, all things considered. But he's, man, when I look at his huddle highlights, because don't have the, the benefit of the tw- uh, all-22 game film, so we're just looking at all you know the, the highlights that huddle puts out there. It's a great resource, obviously a little bit limited, but this is a guy that is a jack of all trades. He can do quite a bit of everything. I mean, he plays both ways uh, for his team in Tampa, Florida. Um, and the, I mean, kind of the, one of the things that jumps off the, off the screen first thing is his speed. Like he just runs away from guys carrying the football. I, I feel like he could be a starting running back for a lot of FBS programs if he were to go that route, but being recruited as a linebacker or as a defensive player, I think, He's going to be an excellent addition in that vein as well. Uh, he's somebody that plays fast wherever you put him. He lined up on the edge. He lined up as a middle linebacker. He lined up as a deep safety even at times. And it seems like he's a guy that Brent Venables is going to love having fun with, just figuring out where he wants to put him best. We talk a lot about you know maybe a Jaron Kanak being an Isaiah Simmons type, someone that you can put in various spots on the football field. And Lewis Carter, to me, seems to be of that same ilk. You know, that play speed that he has allows him to come downhill and hit fast. When he gets his hands on people, he brings them down. They don't get away from him, and he drives them backwards. Uh, a guy that was very effective also as a, 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 a rusher on the punt team, the punt coverage team, blocked several kicks. I mean, the, literally a guy that can do just about everything. And one of the most impressive plays that I saw out of him was they, they ran a wheel route uh, to the left sideline with him as a running back. And the ball was coming short and he had the awareness to look back, see the ball, stop his route and and make that back shoulder catch and then still pick up yards after the catch. Like, again, just uh, seems like he has a really high football IQ and is going to be an excellent addition to the Oklahoma Sooners wherever they put him. It seems like it's going to be linebacker, but it would not surprise me to see them use him in a variety of ways 
as a box safety. I mean, he's got the athleticism and the speed to even play a deep safety if they need him to at times. Man, just a really, really strong commitment for the Oklahoma Sooners in getting Lewis Carter. Well, and when you think about football's current state of the game, you like somebody that has that speed, obviously, to fly downhill and tackle that embraces physicality, but you also love the coverage ability. And what you were talking about with, you know, running wheel routes and having the awareness to turn around, make the catch on the football, that tells me that as we shift to the defensive side of the football, I've got someone that I feel comfortable having in more coverage type downs, which linebackers in today's age of football are asked more and more to be past coverage threats, to be somebody that can go make a play on a football, cover a big tight end, right? So when you think about those types of transferable skills with Carter, you love that part of it. Lewis Carter out of Tampa, the fifth, by the way, top 200 commit now, according to the 247 Sports composite in this class. And just going up and down the last several recruiting classes, uh, you tell me if North Carolina fits into this for you, John, but a lot of Southeast type of talent that Oklahoma's bringing into the program. We knew that that was something that Brent Venables wanted to do, that he had established that recruiting portfolio, that recruiting background and those ties out there in the Southeast. And again, another kid from Tampa, Florida, just furthers that Oklahoma's been able to do that. Yeah, when they came over from Clemson, him, Todd Bates, Miguel Chavis, that was going to be a focus for them because they had created so many relationships on the East Coast and the Southeast that they were going to heavily target that area. And for good reason. Florida is a recruiting hotbed, just like the state of Texas, just like the state of California. But Florida, Texas, but even the Carolina states, Georgia, like they're, they're targeting those areas hot and heavy for some of the best prospects in the country. And they're getting themselves in on just about everybody that's going to be a top talent. Uh, you know, they're not going to win them all. And even Brent Venables admitted, that, admitted as much at Big 12 Media Days, like, we're not going to get every single recruit, but we're going to get the guys that fit our program. And we're going to really heavily recruit what he said, what 75 players we're going to target, as opposed to trying to target 250 players. We're going to look for the guys that really fit. And Lewis Carter just seems to be a great fit for the Brent Venables defense. And he's, he's probably now become one of the players I'm most excited to see how he fits in on that defense and to see him play because he just plays with kind of a relentless spirit. Just like, just going nonstop that kind of reminds you a little bit of Brent Venables. Like Brent Venables just goes nonstop. He just never shuts off, never quits. And Lewis Carter, when he's out there on the football field, just kind of seems to be the same guy when the ball is snapped. It's just full speed ahead with great awareness at the same time. You talked about being in coverage, and I think that's going to be the thing that really stands out is that he has the awareness to be able to play in coverage because you've got to be under, you have to have good understanding of your zone responsibilities. In man, you have to have good understanding of route combinations, of route, you know, uh, fakes and feints that you know receivers and tight ends and running backs are going to try to put on you. You got to be prepared for those things. And and someone who's got the ability to play both ways, played a lot of running back, can be used in passing situations as a running back. He's going to have a little bit better understanding of that than the typical linebacker because he's played it. He knows as the running back what the running back is going to be looking to do. He's going to be able to see a screen being set up in front of him because he's run, he's run those at his high school uh, in Tampa. And so, again, huge addition. Love, the, love that they were able to find this guy, target him, get the commitment. 
And it's, it's part of the trend that we're seeing with Brent Venables, a couple things you mentioned the, the Southeast part of the country. The second thing is just targeting athletes. I mean, Samuel Omasigo is one of those, uh, Jaron Kanak is one of those, um, Eric McCarty, part of the 2023 class, another highly talented guy who could probably play running back at the college level, going to be a linebacker or safety for Oklahoma. Just looking for guys that are just really, really good football players. And you know, the, the other thing you mentioned is kind of just this ability to play in a lot of situations. They, they call it kind of positionless football. And more and more, as you mentioned, in football in general, whether it's the NFL or the college levels, you have to be able to play in a lot of different roles and a lot of different situations to make yourself more valuable. And Lewis Carter is going to be one of those guys for the Oklahoma Sooners. Just listening to you talk about how Carter can take that knowledge from the offensive side and use that to understand some of the route concepts or, or fakes that guys are trying to run on them. I think a lot about DJ Graham, who, who's talked about that a ton at the University of Oklahoma, had the wide receiver background, obviously plays corner now for Oklahoma. And that's something that clearly he has used to his advantage. Just this linebacker class, obviously uh, Eric McCarty, we'll see there where he slots in, but Caleb Spencer, really like that addition. Phil Pichotti out of Pennsylvania, nice pickup there. Omasigo, and now Lewis Carter to headline it all. And you pair it with what you did in last year's recruiting class, the 2022 signing class, where you, because of Brent Venables, right? I mean, that's, you got to think about that with every single one of these linebacker commits and signings ultimately that Oklahoma gets. Jaron Kanick came to Norman, Oklahoma because of Brent Venables. Kobe McKenzie, Kip Lewis, was it, you know, solely Brent Venables why they came to Norman? No, but that was a big part of the recruiting pitch. And I'm sure, no doubt, with Lewis Carter, Brent Venables, another big reason, again, why he's coming to Norman, Oklahoma. You want to get coached by somebody in Brent Venables that recruits the best linebackers and gets some of the best linebacker play. And they're going to continue to do that for as long as Brent Venables is the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. Strong linebacker play is going to be really, really good. And, and I even think like part of the reason it's, it's so attractive to play in a Brent Venables defense is because of the success that they've had him and Todd Bates have had recruiting defensive linemen to play in front of them. I mean, you look at the history of you know, front seven guys that Brent Venables has put into the NFL from Oklahoma to Clemson. You're talking Tommy Harris, Gerald McCoy, you know, at Oklahoma. And then at Clemson, Christian Watkins, Dexter Lawrence, like these guys are dudes on the interior. Linebackers love to play in front of guys that are going to eat up space and make it very difficult for an interior offensive lineman to get to the second level. Linebackers want to run free. They don't want to take on blocks. And so if I can go play in a Brent Venables defense, it's going to help me to run free. Then I'm going to go do that. Where as opposed to having to take on a 320 five 330 pound interior offensive lineman at the second level to try and find the running back no my interior my, my jeffrey johnson's of the worlds are going to be doing that that dirty work for me so i can run free and get tackles for loss so man i is it september 3rd yet i know i asked the same question last week but man every time i talk about one of these commitments and how it fits into a brent Venable system i'm like let's get this thing going let's get the ball rolling utep come to town we'll play this game early man it's, it's exciting times, and we're going to talk about kind of how this all fits with Oklahoma's recruiting class in the 2023 cycle with the Big 12 and how they fit in with the SEC as well. But first, I'm going to talk to you about LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the number one job posting site 
in the world. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That's right, 810 million people. The United States has just over 300 million people. You want to get your job out there to the most people possible? You need to try LinkedIn Jobs. Add your job and the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And coming up on July 18th on Monday, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at BetOnline. They're answering the question, which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Well, you'll find out on the Locked On NFL podcast channel, wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube starting July 18th. All right, Josh, Oklahoma is now in the top 10 in the 24-7 sports team recruiting rankings according to the composite rankings. All of a sudden, they're now up to number two in the Big 12 behind Texas, which not surprising. I mean, they were number two. Uh, Baylor had been ahead of them. Texas Tech had been ahead of them at one point in time. Uh, but what's in... Um, important to note here on this is that Texas Tech, when they were like number one in the country in recruiting at one point in time, they had like 23 recruits. Well, like 18 of those guys were three stars. So while it's it's interesting to look at these team recruiting rankings, not every single recruiting class is created equal because so like Alabama, who sits just a couple spots behind Oklahoma, I think at this point, they've only got 11 commitments right now, but two of them are five stars. So they're going to continue to add to their recruiting class and they'll continue to climb. One thing that's interesting to look at on this is that where Oklahoma sits right now, they would be fifth in the SEC behind. Let me get, make sure I get it pulled up because I'm doing this on the fly. I forgot to get this pulled up. Sorry. Um, Behind Texas, but in the SEC, they'd rank number five behind Texas, Georgia, uh, Tennessee, go Josh Heupel, LSU, and then coming in at number five is Oklahoma, ahead of Arkansas, Alabama, Florida, and South Carolina, and Kentucky to wind up, uh, round out the current top 10. So why is that important though? Why are we lumping Oklahoma's 2023 recruiting class in with the SEC? Because these are the guys that are going to be carrying you into the SEC, whether you go in 2023, 2024, or 2025. These guys are going to be playing the bulk of their careers in the SEC. I think that that's really important to note. Yeah, for this group, you do start thinking about how will they transition into the SEC. And you really, if you're Brent Venables and the rest of this coaching staff, you shape your recruiting philosophy around how can we get this roster, quote unquote, SEC ready? And I mean, just what you said right there, sure, you can look at the very top of the board and you've got Ohio State with the nation's number one class right now, Notre Dame 
uh, Penn State's three, Clemson's four, and then obviously the SEC schools that you mentioned, including Texas. It, uh, it's a who's who from the SEC right here toward the top of this recruiting rankings, and that's just going to be the case every single year, the teams that you're up against in terms of these recruiting rankings and who you're going to see on a week-in, week-out basis. You mentioned Kentucky was the, what, 10th best class in the SEC, and nationally that's the number 47 class, which, hey, you drop a ways back once you start talking about Kentucky at number 47, but that kind of, though, puts it into perspective for you when you're talking about everybody in the world of college football. The 10th best in the SEC is Kentucky at number 47, and Alabama, obviously, they're right behind you at number 11, and they've only got 12 commits right now. You know that they're going to keep climbing. This is life as now you know it as an Oklahoma Sooners fan. Constantly, you're going to be playing uh, teams in the sport that, look, John, they've got the best rosters in the sport, by and large, save for a few of your Ohio States, Michigans, Notre Dames, Penn States, whichever schools you want to throw in there that wouldn't be on that list. So it's important that Oklahoma continues to recruit the way that they have, obviously, throughout June, throughout July, and really that they need to finish up this class and find it kind of right there, squarely inside the top ten, and hopefully within shouting distance there at the top five. I think the thing that's really always stood out to me, Josh, is when I looked at the 2022 team rankings for the SEC, Vanderbilt, who had the worst class in the country, or sorry, is one of the worst teams in the country, had the, 32, the 32nd best class in the country, which was the, la- the worst class in the SEC. So if the worst recruiting class in the SEC is number 32, that's still better than pretty much everybody else in the Big 12 except for Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, Maybe Baylor and Oklahoma State might have been top 25, something like that. But to me, that's that's the thing that's indicative of just kind of the SEC drawing power. People, a lot of times they want to say, well, when Oklahoma goes to the Big 12 or goes to the SEC, when Texas goes to the SEC, their recruiting is going to take a hit because they're going to be competing with Alabama and Georgia and LSU. Well, they're already competing with those teams for the top talent. Going to the SEC, we've talked to Parker Thune from OU Insider 24-7 Sports. He's told us going to the SEC is going to give Oklahoma an even bigger bump than anything. Like It's it's not going to take anything away from their recruiting. It's going to add to it. It's going to enhance it because players want to play in the SEC against the best competition to put themselves in a better position to make it to the NFL by having better quality film against high quality competition. And so when you look at where Oklahoma stands now, they're number five. There's a good chance that if they, when they get that SEC bump, they're going to stay, you know, number five in the SEC or higher. Like they'll be right there with the top tier teams in the country and and in the SEC when it comes to team recruiting rankings. And so I I just thought that that was really, really interesting to see that like right now they're ahead of Alabama, although Alabama will still add to their class. They're ahead of Arkansas. But, I mean, right there with those teams that we consider kind of to be the, the top of the SEC and the Georgias, LSU, Floridas, and the Alabamas. So any other takeaways from just kind of where Oklahoma sits right now in the team recruiting rankings? Obviously a much better spot than two months ago for Oklahoma. We knew it was going to be a big summer. That has continued with the commitments of Dalen Smothers and Lewis Carter. I love that they're adding defensive talent. It's tough not to get – Again, even minus Lincoln Riley with some folks out there questioning 
what skill talent for OU is going to look like going forward. As I've said a million times here on the radio, any format that I get to broadcast, skill talent was never something that was ever going to concern me with the Oklahoma Sooners. So when they pick up this type of quality defensive commitment, that's so exciting for Oklahoma. And as an Oklahoma fan, you should be fired up about it because that's historically here in years or so, that's been the missing link for Oklahoma is getting that side of the football squared away. I'd love to see them continue adding up front with the, the defensive line additions. They could use a couple of highly rated guys there. They're going to desperately need that as we start, you know, if we really wanted to dive into it and we start breaking down some of these top classes from these SEC schools, I think what you'll find is some of the top defensive linemen are in those classes for these SEC schools. So, and, and that's been the bread and butter of a Clemson's success in the ACC. I mean, we talk about some of the guys that Brent Venables and company have sent to the National Football League at Clemson. Well, guess what? You know, a lot of those guys came up front on the defensive line. So I'd love to see OU continue adding there. Yeah, and they're, and they're in a really good spot right now for the number five player in the country in David Hicks. So, like, there's a chance that they're going to be able to still add this high-quality talent because we're still just, like, seven months away from 2023 signing day. So they've even got more uh, potentially high level targets to add uh, as the recruiting cycle continues on. I mean, July is not finished. We believe Anthony Evans is heading to or trending toward the Sooners, but that's going to be an August commitment. And there was one other that I couldn't remember off the top of my head um, who's probably going to be more of an August commitment. Jacoby Johnson is still trending toward the Oklahoma Sooners as well. So still several more high-level commits or high-level targets that will end up or probably will end up with the Oklahoma Sooners down the line. Coming up next, we've got to talk about Patty Gasso. Just does it again, lands another high-level target on in the transfer portal. We'll talk about that after we talk to you about our sponsors. Number one, Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, in 2023 and major league baseball but hey get your future pick in there do you think the colorado avalanche are going to repeat as stanley cup champions go to bet online you could probably wager on that futures bet you can get in on major league baseball bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information including live betting esports and scores betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season it's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today to use your or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. We've been telling you about it. We love our friends over at Home Field Apparel. You've probably already gone over to the website, homefieldapparel.com, and you've got your Sooner Magic shirts and more. 15 different pieces of apparel in the collection that includes T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, all the vintage marks. I love retro gear, and Home Field Apparel has got you covered on that front. New customers, of course, they can get 15% off their first purchase with Home Field with our code. That's right, our code locked on Sooners at checkout over at homefieldapparel.com. And thanks for making Locked On Sooners your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms and over on YouTube as well. Help us reach our goal of 2,500 subscribers by the start of college football season. We're about 2,150 at the moment, so make sure you go and click that subscribe button. Click the notification bell to let you know when new episodes drop. 
All right, Josh. Patty Gasso does it again, lands Haley Lee, catcher from Texas A&M. Haley Lee coming to the Sooners after batting over 400 for the Aggies, hitting 15 home runs with 45 RBIs, leading the Ags in all three categories. Josh, just your initial takeaway when you heard the news on this. Oh, and shout out to Joey Helmer of uh, OU Insider at 247 Sports for catching the the breaking news on that front. He's the one that first kind of – broke it that Haley Lee was going to be a Sooner. Huge addition, another huge addition. Now, obviously, you you put it together with what Oklahoma had coming back. You think of just the star power already between T.R.A. Jennings and Jada Coleman and in the circle with Nicole May and with Jordy Ball. And all of a sudden now you've brought in Alex Starocco from Michigan, Alina Torres, you've brought in Sanders, and now you've brought in Haley Lee. So the roster continues to take shape for Oklahoma. And if you thought that OU was in any danger of taking this step back as a two-time defending national champion, there's an argument that by season's end next year, we're talking about again, again, John. Remarkably, remarkably, we could be three consecutive seasons where Oklahoma winds up as the college softball national champion and oh by the way each season they were in the running for is this the greatest college softball team of all time is this team better than the last Oklahoma team I mean I think that's at play here now when you start thinking about just all of these transfer additions that they've had when you think about Sirocco Torres Sanders and now Lee yeah it's crazy to think that they could lose a player like Jocelyn Allo and still be best team in the country by far. Like they'll start the season as the number one team in the country again. And they lost the Barry Bonds of college softball, you know, the, the Babe Ruth of college softball, whatever, you know, the Lauren Chamberlain of college softball, the Lauren Chamberlain of college softball, like, you know, arguably the best hitter we've seen. And there's still going to be an incredible offensive lineup. Uh, you know, they added 52 home runs between Haley Lee, Sidney Sanders, and Alina Torres. Just those three combined had 52 home runs last season. Tiara Jennings, who hit nearly 30 home runs in her second season with the Sooners, is going to get a little bit of protection of her own. Grace Lyons, who had more than 20 home runs, she's going to get some protection. Like, and you still got Jada Coleman leading off. You still got Riley Boone, who either could lead off for you or lead off for most every other team in the country. Or she's hitting in the nine hole, you know, setting the table for Jada Coleman and then Tiara at number two. Like this lineup, man, from like one to six, one to seven is going to be incredibly difficult to beat. And I mean, it's it's like last year's lineup, only taken up a notch where, I mean, you have this group of, of players and group of hitters. Who are you going to try and get out? Like, who are you going to – like, you can't pitch around anybody because, oh, look, there's another 20 home run hitter coming up next. Oh, look, there's somebody who hit over 400 coming up next. Like, what do you do if you're an opposing pitcher? It it just seems unreal that they can continue to add this talent through the transfer portal and just create this Goliath of a softball team. Um, Now, Goliath lost in the end, but I don't think this Goliath is going to lose – in the end and, and when things come to it, because they're just too, too good. Um, I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just flabbergasted that we can continue to add 
players of this magnitude. Now, you know, Haley Lee playing catcher, it gives Patty Gasso somebody else to kind of platoon in there like she did this past season um, with Kinsey Hansen and Blinken on the other name as well. But, you know, they, she played multiple people at catcher and at first base. So she's got a, a nice group of, of players that she can put in the designated player role, the first base role at catcher. Uh, it's going to be really fascinating to see how she constructs her lineups going into 2023. Amazing. It uh, truly is amazing. And all of this is not to even touch on or mention some of the freshman additions that Oklahoma has in its signing class that we just haven't seen on the college stage yet. I know that Kirsten Deal, because she's the the top pitcher, is getting a lot of attention, but uh, it's going to be exciting. Hey, how about real quick before we get out of here, how about our man, speaking of Diamond Sports, Kate Horton, the number seven overall pick. We wondered what his end of season, what Oklahoma's march to the College World Series championship finals would look like and how great Kate Horton was in Omaha, what that would mean for him. Well, ultimately it means he's the number seven overall selection in the Major League Baseball draft to the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I mean, he was on a tear, you know, towards the end of the season, just from the Big 12 tournament through the NCAA tournament to the College World Series. I mean, he was just fire. I mean, he was money every time he stepped out on the field. Like, if you needed a a, a big start from somebody, Cade Horton was that guy. I mean, Jake Bennett was fantastic as well in his own right. But Cade Horton was just – I mean, he was filthy. Like, every time he was out there on the, on the mound. And, you know, big shout-out to him. This was the stat that – it blew me away. So I was putting together the social media reactions post – um, in reaction to him being drafted number seven overall. And uh, Mark Gonzalez, this is at MD Gonzalez, posted this on Twitter uh, on Sunday night. He said, so in Horton's final 31 innings, uh, so that's going to stretch you know, more than three games, he went 3-0 and with 49 strikeouts. 49 strikeouts in 31 innings. Just unreal when you, like, break it down by those numbers. So congratulations to Kate Horton, man, like, Go be a Chicago Cub, you know, friend of the show, Keegan Renault. He is not happy about it as a, a tried and true St. Louis Cardinals fan. I, what's your what's your uh, Major League Baseball fandom? Are you Kansas City Royals because you're from that area? Okay. Yeah, I'm a Kansas City Royals fan. So Major League Baseball season doesn't really exist as far as I'm concerned <laughs> in 2022. No, but I'm just happy for Cade, man. I think it's a, a nice landing spot for him. The Windy City once he inevitably gets up there, is going to absolutely love him. Sky's the limit for the kid. Norman's own. Norman's own, Cade Horton. Pretty awesome. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. And as a Texas Rangers fan, anything that could potentially cause pain and suffering to the St. Louis Cardinals, I'm on board for. So, Cade, go crush it up there in the Windy City. Congratulations to you. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in and subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So go click the subscribe button over there, hit the notification bell, and drop a like as well. Uh, make sure you check out us on Twitter at Josh on Ref for Josh at John Nine Williams for me. Go listen to Josh on 94.7 The Ref in Norman from Monday through Friday from 9 to noon. You can also check him out on the Sports Talk app. That's right. Uh, KREF yeah. app. Just search KREF um, and you can find us there. Streaming worldwide for free, John, which everybody loves. There you go. Streaming worldwide for free on the KREF app. And uh, we'll be back 
later this week to continue to talk about the Oklahoma Sooners. We're going to start diving into our positional previews for the 2022 college football season. We'll check out where Oklahoma stands in some of these preseason rankings as well. But until next time, he's Josh Helmer. I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.